0: WeFA Waves is sponsored by WeFA Accelerator, an education hub to amplify your career. Shop the hub or explore our persona pathways to find all the ways that you can accelerate your career trajectory and make meaningful partnerships along the way. We want to help you crush your near and long-term goals. So collaborate with us over at womeninfitness.org. Backslash Accelerate. Hello, I am Lindsay Rainwater, founder and CEO of the Women in Fitness
1: Association. And I'm Morgan hills De Toye, director of all things WEFA. And this is WEFA, Wefa Waves. Waves the sound waves
0: of your career a podcast devoted to supporting the who what and how of
1: your career trajectory we got you let's ride these waves together yeah let's do it
0: special guest that is near and dear to the WeFA Heartbeat. Rebecca has been a member since the very first week the association launched and now she is a board member. I want to share a little bit about her. She's been in high-tech retail sales consulting, For years, she channeled her fitness um, enthusiasm through the Les Mills brand and helped countless of organizations bring the programs to life in their health clubs. She currently is working with Matrix Fitness, and she has chosen to spend some time with us today on the Weefa Waves podcast. Rebecca, welcome.
2: Thank you, Lindsay. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yeah, we're excited to have you. So tell us a little bit about your WIFA story. I mean, I don't, I already shared that you joined the first week we were in existence, but tell us a little bit more about how did you find WIFA and maybe what's one of your favorite WIFA stories?
2: Sure. Um, well, like you said, you know, we've known each other for a long time and we had, um, Talked at URSA. I think one of the reasons why you started thinking about WIFA was after that event where I had seen you and reconnected. Um, And when WIFA came to be, there was no question I would be a part of it. Um, You know, you've created an organization to support career growth of women in the fitness industry, and that's what I'm all about. So it just seemed like a natural fit, which is why I joined right away. And I'm so glad I did. Um, you know, there's been so many great memories. But I will never forget that feeling walking into the first reception at URSA, the first year after WEFA was born. Um, and that was, that was just crazy. I walked into the room and there were over 100 women in there. And the energy was amazing. There were so many people with so many different stories and they were all there to mutually support each other, which was so cool. And of course, another favorite memory is the day I got the call to be on the board of directors. Um, I'm so excited to be a bigger part of WIFA and I really enjoy the community and the camaraderie and just being able to do my part to help to pave a better path for the future of women in the fitness industry. It it really is so special man
0: i'll never I, seriously the feeling in that room morgan i'm sure yeah. you remember. it was
1: electrifying oh yeah that's yeah. definitely one of it my really favorite was. favorite memories as well that was such a incredible experience and i'm so glad that you had that same feeling for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rebecca i would love to hear um about your childhood and a memory that you have that actually resonates with who you are today and how um the things that you did when you were younger and as a little girl that inform your actions to this day
2: sure um my childhood was kind of challenging my parents got divorced when i was two and they were both remarried by the time i was five so i spent a lot of time going back and forth from one house to another when i was young um, I truly love them both, but they were very different, like so different that I cannot even imagine my mom and dad ever being married. My mom and my stepdad were both super career minded and they had very little what we call work-life balance. Um, and my dad was a teacher and my stepmother was um, a homemaker. I, I don't know if we even call it that anymore. Um uh, but I used to tell myself that I was really lucky to have these two great families who loved me. And that was the story that I told everybody who would listen, trying to convince myself, I think. But on the inside, it was really hard. Um, and then when I was seven, my dad and my stepmother had a baby girl. When I was 10, my mom and my stepdad had a baby boy. And I didn't only child for seven years. And even after my sister was born, I was still an only child for much of the time until I was 10. So I was definitely challenged by the transition, especially because siblings, my siblings got to, they got to be with both of their parents all the time while I was back and forth and never had my whole family together. But eventually I grew into it and um, I definitely tried to be the best big sister that I could be. It's funny because a really vivid memory that I have. Um, Actually, one of my favorite pictures that I still look at from when I was a kid is me teaching exercise to my sister. I was 10 and she was three. And I would take exercise books that my parents had. um, They didn't use them, but I would study them. And I started watching Richard Simmons before anybody even knew who he was. Back then, I loved fitness and I sort of used it as an escape. And that is something I've definitely come back to frequently over the years.
1: Wow. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I really love that. It's um, especially about the loop of fitness for sure. That's, I'm, you know, it's so great that you, A, you had that escape and something that was a healthy escape as well.
2: True. Definitely a healthy escape. That's yeah. good.
0: I can just imagine little Rebecca teaching a group fitness class. And <laughs> I, I can a hundred percent imagine it. And I'm curious, you know, from that experience all the way to your first job, did, was there anything that happened in that first job for you that taught you either a lesson or sentiment that you hold in your life today?
2: For sure. Uh, I basically been working since I was 13. um, Earlier, if you count babysitting. But between junior and um, junior high and high school, that was when I started my first real jobs. One of them was picking fruits and vegetables for a local farm stand from six in the morning until two in the afternoon, five days a week. And one was my cleaning business, cleaning houses in town. So I was 13, and that summer I made nearly $3,000, which felt like so much money to me back then. And there was a lot that my parents did make available to me when I was growing up, but they also made it really clear to me that the extras were on me. So if I wanted something, I would need to earn it, and I took that really seriously. So I do appreciate them teaching me that lesson early, and that's when I started learning how to budget and how to plan and i really took pride in earning special things for myself
0: Rebecca, three grand is a lot of money, girl. You yeah. were just busting it as a little. I can just, I, I, I love it. I, I had my first job when I was 14 and I had to get a work permit signed from my principal because I wasn't technically old enough to work. So I get the young, young and hustle. So good, <laughs> but three grand, I was not rolling in that kind
1: of dough for show.
2: <laughs> it, know, was, and- it was a busy, busy summer. Busy summer. Yeah.
1: Where did you grow up um, and just interested with the farm and picking vegetables and fruits?
2: I grew up in southern New Hampshire in a little farm town. So my town had 2,500 residents when I was there. Um, My graduating class from high school was only 114 kids. So yeah, small town.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I don't... I, I, people from small towns always really interest me because I didn't have that experience at all. So uh, <laughs> get it, lady, rocking it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about your career journey and some of the highlights that you have um, over time.
2: Okay, um, well, if I break my career down into stages, the past 30 years, there's, two main stages. The first one is when I was just out of college and I was doing what I was supposed to do and then working to figure out what I really wanted to do. That was the first 15 years. And then the second 15 years is the, I found my passion and got a job doing it stage of my career. So in the first stage, um, I got a really great job out of college when there were a lot of companies that were on hiring freezes. It was a job doing exactly what my mother and my stepfather always wanted me to do. Um, It was a management development program in a high tech company. And I was there for nearly five years. Um, I got my MBA while I was working there. So although I never really loved the job, there were some good times and lots of learnings and things that gave me the foundation to be where I am today. When I left that job, it was because I was feeling super stressed and completely unfulfilled. It's interesting because I just listened to Weefa Waves episode eight with Carmen Oling um, and it completely spoke to me about this time in my life and trying to fit someone else's mold of who you should be rather than being your authentic self. So when I left that job, I was ready to take the leap. I was ready to give up the income of tech and do something that was more aligned with my personal passion, something that fulfilled me on a daily basis. I decided to build a career in healthy living. Um, I decided to go back to school for a nutrition degree. And while I was in school to make meet, I took a job as a center director and counselor at Jenny Craig. Then everything fell apart um, and I landed back where I started. One night, on my way home from my new job and just one week before classes were to start, I stopped to do a little shopping um, and I was ambushed in the parking lot of the store and I was violently attacked. It was horrible, um, but I got the guy's license plate number and I kept repeating it until I got into the store and they called 911. 30 minutes later, a female officer pulled him over and arrested him. And it was a really long road, but eventually he was sentenced to 20 years in prison. And eventually he died in jail. So needless to say, that event shook my world. And to this day, I wish I could have followed through with my plans. But I was not mentally capable. Um, I unenrolled in school. And over the course of the next year, I fell back into what I knew and where I had connections. And I started my own consulting business, working with big tech companies. And um, unfortunately, although it was my own business, it didn't change the fact that it wasn't a fulfilling career for me. And it really felt like I was just doing the same thing that I was doing before I left tech. But uh, fast forward about 10 years, let's get into the the more recent stage. I got into a routine of going to my health club like five or six days a week, back to that fitness as an escape. And it was there that my body step instructor told me that I should go through a body step training. Mind you, I'd been going to the gym a lot to alleviate stress and group exercise was definitely my thing. But my response was, I am way too old to teach. Well, (laughs) somehow she convinced me that even if I never taught, I would love being able to do body step for two days straight. So what the heck, I enrolled. Honestly, the rest is history. That weekend completely changed my life. At the end of the two days, I knew that I had to make a career change, and I made it my mission to get into the fitness industry. I wanted a job that used my skills and experience, so not a trainer, Um, and I started interviewing right away. I turned down a couple of general manager offers, and then I accepted position with the newly formed Left Mills Northeast Agency in Business Development. I was their first non-family member employee, and that was one of the best decisions i ever made in my life. I was there for 10 years, and I learned so much about the industry and how impactful member engagement is for both members and clubs. Um, And then most recently, four and a half years ago, I left Les Mills and was brought on to the group training team at Matrix Fitness. Now, I never thought I would work for an equipment manufacturer, being a program person like I am, um, but this was the perfect next step. I was hired to help Matrix develop and deliver a new group training offering that would help our customers to maximize their impact on their customers. The turnkey solution was a new concept for Matrix, and it was um, something that they didn't really know how to do. So it has been so fun being a part of bringing it to life in hundreds of fitness facilities of all kinds. And I'll tell you, every day is different. I get to work with such great people. And I love that our goal is helping the population become more engaged in fitness, and because of that, developing healthier lifestyles. I think we really need that.
0: Rebecca, I, first of all, your breath of experience is so impressive. And I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart, you have such a powerful story to share and one of overcoming and also giving yourself the time to process and be where you were for a period of time to heal and then finding something that lit you up. And you really have been such a, important part of the fitness industry ever since you joined it. So what an honor to get to share your story here with us today.
2: Thank you so much, Lindsay. I I really do appreciate that. And um, it's, I think everybody's got a a story that has peaks (laughs) and valleys, right? And Mm -hmm. it's just how we get ourselves back up the next hill Mm -hmm. and we all got to do it.
0: Very, very true. And you, you've had a ton of experience in the industry, but you've also had executive experience outside of the industry. I mean, is there anything about the two industries that have ran paralleled or anything that you brought with you to fitness that you could share with the audience?
2: Oh, for sure. Um, my roles before I moved into fitness were not that different than what I do today. Um, I've always been focused on customer needs analysis, training teams, how to deliver a solution that meets the needs of their customers. Um, And my experience in tech taught me how to deal with a lot of internal groups that might have different needs and to really help them to focus externally and focus on the foundation of an offering and how to make it profitable by understanding their customers' needs. I totally believe in diving deeper than just a product and its features and instead focus on the entire solution and how to really become a partner with our customers and help them to create success. And today that's exactly what I get to do, but I get to do it with gym owners and fitness solution providers instead of computer manufacturers and their customers. I will say though that one of the best things about my first career was having a wonderful mentor who helped me to deal with the fact that I was typically one of a very small number of women in the room and almost always the youngest. Back then, I wore suits and stockings every day. I'd put my hair in a bun trying to look older and more masculine. My mentor helped me to navigate many challenges and advocated for me to create more equity in my pay. Remember, this was 25 years ago, so it was a pretty big deal. And my mentor was a man who really believed in the value that individuals brought to the table, regardless of gender, age, color of their skin, sexual preference, or any other factors that often limit people. He was a really special man. Um, I'm so fortunate to have had him in my life. And he truly helped me to disregard the limits that many others were trying to put on me. Mm.
0: It's I incredible. Uh, I know Morgan go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah no it's just it's incredible um, to think about like you mentioned having a mentor 25 years ago that was so forward-thinking and a champion for you because you know it's a it's a blessing and a lot of people don't get that experience and I knowing that now really brings a lot of things clear for how you show up, I would say, to other people as a mentor as well, in the sense of giving a lot of that same feedback and mentorship.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I believe so much in mentorship, and it, it would have been a very different world if I didn't start off with that foundation. So, um, And I agree that back then for me to have that at that very early stage in my career, but also for him to show up for me like that, um, and not just me, he, he was really an advocate for women at a time when we were such the minority. So I, I, was, I was really fortunate that I was in a space where I got to benefit from that. Yeah,
1: that's incredible. I love that story. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. Um, so with the assortment of roles that we've kind of discussed, do you feel like, especially within the fitness industry, do you feel there's any, like, consistency among, that, among them that helped you um, be the successful woman that you are today? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, Well, you know, I think one key fact is that although I knew I wanted to get into the fitness industry, I didn't just take the first job that I was offered. I waited for one that gave me the opportunity to work on something that I'm really passionate about every day. And, you know, it might sound like it's just a tagline, but for me, impacting lives through systems and programs it's a common thread throughout my fitness career. And that is something that I'm really passionate about. And when you do something that you truly care about, you're bound to be successful. So um, I will say it's interesting to me though, the difference between being in a programming type of company like Les Mills versus a manufacturing company like matrix um, When I was at Les Mills, there was a fairly equal division of women and men on our sales team. And actually, there were more women. And I had so many wonderful female role models and mentors when I was there. And it's really different when you work with an equipment vendor. I will say it's getting better, but um, I will never forget my first sales meeting at Matrix. I seriously counted the people in the room. And there were 52 men and four women. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. Now, I will say that Matrix does have a balanced executive leadership team, which impressed me from the beginning. Um, And they do have balance of men and women in most departments, but sales was different. And that's not unique to any one vendor. Um, At Matrix, since that first meeting four years ago, there have been new women brought onto the team every year. So it's clearly a growth opportunity that our team has recognized, which is good. Um, but it is interesting to me when I talk to women in equipment sales from all sorts of companies, they all have the same kind of stories about walking into a gym where the owner doesn't give them the time of day, where the don't owner doesn't think that they can understand their business or that they can understand the equipment that they're talking about. This has to change. It's really funny to me, and not so funny at the same time, how a woman talking about group exercise classes is listened to, but one talking about specs of a treadmill, but they're not.
0: It's um <laughs> I can so relate to so much of what you are sharing. And it's it's really at the heartbeat of what WEFA is set out to accomplish. And I, I've spent time in the equipment world and I, I can empathize with everything you're saying and there's such an opportunity for more women to be in that part of our industry.
2: Absolutely. And it's it's one of the reasons why I think WIFA is so important because mm-hmm. we're opening doors and shining light and that it's just we've got to do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you you know speaking of the climate of the fitness industry right now, when you see the new age of fitness or what you're seeing happening right now, what do you think is going to thrive? What do you think is going to do well in the near future?
2: Well, um, you know, COVID has been a really interesting challenge to the fitness industry and it's really shaken a whole lot of worlds in a lot of different ways, but uh, collaboration has been amazing. And that's something that I think is really exciting that we've learned how to see beyond our very narrow focus and clubs have started talking to each other and people who were unlikely to share information about their businesses before are much more willing to come together for the greater good now. Um, Another thing I think is really cool is how many clubs and individual instructors are getting super creative and they're figuring out ways to keep their members engaged in these times of COVID. Um, Necessity is the mother of invention, right? So through all of these challenges, I feel like we've done a much better job of talking to members to find out what they really want and need and how they want to get it. I've also seen how excited members are to get back to seeing their gym families in person. And I know that if we didn't keep in touch with them, the way that we did through all of these challenges, that they would be much more likely to just let their membership slide. But because we kept their needs at the forefront, they're even more loyal than they were before. The other thing that is an upside um, is there's a lot of non-gym-goer type people that have opened their eyes and um, they're taking their health a lot more seriously and they understand that fitness can help them to build their immune systems and that's going to be really important moving forward. Um, These challenges could come up again so I think that we have a whole new um, demographic that we can target that has not really been interested in what we offer before.
1: I totally agree with that. <laughs> it's been <laughs> such an interesting journey the past few months, especially for the industry. I think for the fitness industry, I think they say like after travel and restaurants and bars, like the fitness industry was third to taking the hardest hit to this. But I agree. I mean, you have to see those the light at the end of the tunnel and the opportunities that have presented themselves and the good. Otherwise we'll like all crawl in a hole, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Got to look for those silver linings. Exactly.
1: Well, is there anything else that you really want to tell our listeners that you're passionate about that we haven't discussed already?
2: Well, um, yeah, I guess there's, there's two main things that I'd love to share with listeners. Um, the first is it's never too late and the world truly does transform for the better when you start living your authentic life. So figure out what it is that you consider your driving force. And, and yes, sometimes that is hard, but I encourage you to do the work because it is worth it. Once you have a career that truly excites you, your life will feel so much more meaningful and enjoyable. I've experienced that firsthand. And second, um, I wanna let people know that when it comes to career choices, you do not have to be an entrepreneur to be successful. I've got a lot of friends who are entrepreneurs and there's a huge spotlight on people starting their own businesses. And I think that's great if that's where your passion lies. And I want to share that if that's not for you, it's okay. Um, I feel like there's a stigma to not wanting to own your own business. And I'll tell you, I spent years feeling like to be successful, I had to start my own business. And then I did. And now I'm back working for somebody else. And I'm really happy. Um, I have the support and the resources of a great organization behind me. I'm able to be innovative, suggest better ways of doing things and truly drive the business forward. I just want people to know that you can have an entrepreneurial spirit and open your own company, or you can use that spirit to build businesses and work with larger organizations. Everyone needs to make the choice that's right for them. So don't ever feel pressured or like you are any less than someone who goes out on their own. Entrepreneurship is okay.
0: Rebecca, I'm so incredibly glad that you brought this up because it's such a important topic. And it's something that I've, I've watched my husband traverse through it. I've traversed through it. And there is a stigma that, you know, especially the world we live in right now, it's so easy to have access to business resources to start your own business. And we as an economy, like the world, we need good employees. That has to be, and I I know that there's a lot of options like the gig economy and there's a lot of ways to be an entrepreneur and work as a contractor or whatever. But at the end of the day, having a strong internal org structure can't happen unless you have extremely committed employees. And so I I applaud you for raising that topic because it's such an important point to note.
2: Absolutely. It's one of those things where I, I think people who open their own business, that's so great. But sure. I just feel like sometimes those of us who are working within a large organization are not seen in the same light, but we're still working really hard. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I like to shine that, that light on those.
0: I'm glad you did. Thank you. And we, I am incredibly appreciative of your time here today. And we always like to round out our interviews with some rapid fire fun questions. So Morgan,
1: what do you say? Let's, let's take it home. Yes, I love these. Um, all right, Rebecca, just whatever first comes to your mind, um, say it. <laughs> but what <laughs> are you reading right now or listening to if you're more of an audiobook person?
2: I am listening to How to Be an Anti-Racist. Love it.
0: What is your TV show of choice that you're binge watching right now?
2: Right now, I am watching Halt and Catch Fire.
0: Oh, I've never heard of that one. Yeah,
2: I'll have to look into that. <laughs> It's It goes back to my tech days. It's uh, bringing back a lot of memories.
1: Okay, <laughs> cool. I just kind of thought of this one, Lynn, so we'll have to okay. add to the list, but what's your favorite place to travel to? Ooh.
2: Oh my gosh, so many! I love to travel, and I'm so sad that I'm not I getting to do. travel. Um, so there's my favorite place. I mean, I you know I have another home in Florida, so right now I'm in Massachusetts, and um, in the winter I will be back in Florida. But um, I really want to travel. Never have been to Australia. So far, probably my favorite journey was New Zealand, um, and. I also had to cancel a trip to um, Europe for two weeks this summer because of COVID. So I'm really excited to go back there again too. So I, I love to go everywhere. I love it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: All right. Is your favorite get me
2: pumped up song right now? Oh gosh. Right now. Um, Honestly, I love it. Uh, I, I have been listening to "Hey, Look Ma, I Made It." <laughs> oh, that's a great song. Hey,
0: look Ma, I made it. Now it's gonna be
2: stuck in myself,
0: <laughs> my head. Oh my
2: gosh! Uh, I get that gets it does get stuck in my head, but it's <clears> like it's it, you know it, when it comes on, it just it makes me it makes me feel happy. It makes me think about my mom who is no longer with us, but she's super special to me and very much in my heart every day so
0: oh that's amazing well what a perfect note to end on i know morgan if you um thank you so much for being with us today rebecca and for sharing so authentically with our community morgan anything you want to add to round out the
1: conversation No, I think the only thing is let um, our listeners know where they can find you, either where they can follow you on social media or reach out to you uh, if they would like to.
2: Sure. Um, You can reach me at Rebecca at COFOD.net. That's the easiest email. Um, So just R-E-B-E-C-C-A. And my last name is COFOD.net. Um, or you can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's Rebecca Kofod One, and Facebook. It's very strange, but it's Rebecca Ofod One because I got hacked once, and Facebook they they changed my name. Um, and of course on LinkedIn as well. So um, any any and all of those are are places you can find me.
1: Awesome. Well, yes, like Lindsay said, thank you again for being here and sharing your story and being vulnerable. And I know that there's so many other people out there that will definitely resonate with your story. And so we, we really appreciate you.
2: Oh, and I so appreciate the two of you giving me the opportunity. And it's been fun hanging out with you for a little while this afternoon.